Good morning, dear listener. You're welcome to NASCO Moments. How many times have you washed your hands today? Remember, always stay safe. I am Hudun Gyang, your host. Today we shall be talking about legal options to confront rising incidents and rates of child pornography. Child pornography has been reported to be the number one child exploitation offense for some time now. While numbers measuring the usage of child pornography are difficult to assess, some have placed the sexual exploitation of children on the internet to be a $20 billion black market globally. Although its manufacture, possession or distribution is legal in most countries, it still remains the fastest growing criminal enterprise as of today. Despite international efforts to curb this crime, child pornography remains very widespread with the victims left to carry the shame throughout their lives. On the show today, we will discuss legal options to confront rising incidents and rates of child pornography. Our guest is Barrister Deborah Gashan Manasi. She is a senior associate with the law firm G. Omachi & Co. and also a legal and socio-political analyst. She will be sharing her thoughts and perspectives on the matter. Barrister Manasi, you're welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Good morning, listener. It is my pleasure to be here today. All right, we shall return right after this break. Now fortified with essential vitamins and minerals. NASCO Conflicts, nourishing goodness anytime. Welcome back to NASCO Moments. I'm Hudun Gyan, and we are talking about legal options to confront rising incidents and rates of child pornography. Our guest is Barrister Deborah Gashan Manasi. She is a senior associate with the law firm. G. Omachi and Co., and also a legal and socio-political analyst. Now, um, to get the show on the road, Deborah, what yes. is pornography? Okay, um, put very simply, pornography is the portrayal of explicit sexual content, you know, for the sole purpose of causing sexual arousal. This can be majorly portrayed in the media in form of writing, photograph, streaming, videos, but where you see explicit sexual act or content that is meant to cause sexual arousal. Now, how serious is the problem of child pornography globally? It is a very serious problem. It is a very serious problem and you will agree with me that almost all countries of the world are frantically working to see that they provide legislations that will curb, you know, the rising trends, the alarming rising trends in child pornography. Its seriousness is such that, although there are laws, but it is such that children are affected in ways that long after the act, long after the exposure, or long after the recording of sexual act involving children, they live with the trauma. They live with the constant fear. 
they live under the blackmail that somebody who has recorded it can do what we call revenge pornography you know by you know publishing it it is so bad that even you know criminals always have there's this they seem to be like two to three steps ahead you know so while there are laws that curb what we know as child pornography there are, are there are some trends that are coming up now that are even difficult to legislate on it is a serious problem now um what kind of media is found to have pornographic content of children with 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 the with the social media you know with the advent of the internet you know it has its pros it has its cons technology is beautiful but technology is one of the greatest means you know that is used to to perpetrate uh, child pornography in in whatsapp in on twitter on facebook there are some some traces of child pornography but of course some of these uh, social medias have their community rules but on the internet there is what is called the dark web that is where you cannot trace the ip address of a person who publishes a content in any form so that is the underground that's the, the where it is really happening and which is a problem now, what is the position of the law on child pornography in Nigeria? Okay, so you remember that Nigeria is a signatory to many international legal instruments. And one of such instruments is the Convention on the Rights of the Child. Now, the Convention on the Rights of the Child has actually made provision to protect the rights of the child. That's like the mother of all laws that governs the rights of the child. But then, with the advent of pornography, the, 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 the international community has to make another law, which is called the Optional Protocol to the Convention uh, on the Right of the Child, which Nigeria is also a signatory to. Now, in Nigeria, we have what is called the Child's Right Act, which is a federal act and applicable, of course, only in the FCT. But there are many states, as we speak today, there are many states, including Plato states, that have adopted that law as a state law, which encapsulates the rights of a child. But um, apart from the child's right law, we also have the Cybercrime Prevention, uh, uh, Prohibition and Prevention Act of 2015, which also make provision, you know, prohibiting pornography. It, it, may, it may just make provision in a section or two. That means it has not made explicit provision to encapsulate all the spheres that child pornography can be manifest. But at least the law has made provision, especially section 23 of that law, make provision that anyone who distributes, who saves, who prints, you know, any indecent uh, 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 content containing uh, children, generally it covers for everyone, so children are humans too, so it covers them. So the law in Nigeria is there. That's the truth. If we want to deal with child pornography, the law is there where we can wiggle in, you know, uh, people who are involved in this. But like I said, it is not explicit, you know, not like a law that is made to specifically take care of this thing where every angle is looked at and every loose end is tied. So, but it is not right. Even the child, uh, even the penal code, provide against child pornography because remember that children do not have the power to give consent all right so 
we already have the, the even the violence against persons protect, uh, protection uh, the VAP Act it also makes some little little provisions about indecency you know exposure of indecency and all of that so these laws are there but they, they do not even deal with producers they only deal with people who distribute Ah. Yes. So what would it take for us to make specific legislation? Yes. Now, like I said, now sometimes in that same 2015, um, a federal lawmaker in the House of Representatives sponsored a bill. As it is now, it is still sketchy. I am not aware that that bill has been passed into law. That was a bill that was specifically to address the issue of child pornography. Specifically, it is called the Internet Child Pornography uh, Prevention Act. Then you I wonder mean, why such bills or such will not kill exactly. Possibly there's need for more awareness, there, and more advocacy. That is that is very true and very correct. We need to know that it is real. We need to know that this when we hear about child pornography is not only in countries outside of Nigeria. That this is real. It is happening here. It is a huge market. It enhances human trafficking. It enhances child trafficking. It promotes. Uh, um, the activities of pedophiles. So, people need to know that this is real. Our children are, are being exploited sexually, you know, for gains. And if we don't uh, protect them, who will? Who will? Now, would you say the internet service providers are in any way liable under the law for websites that depict child pornography? In some countries, yes, but not in Nigeria. Yes, like I said, that, that that's where the need, like in that um, in the proposed bill, the Internet Child uh, Pornography uh, Prohibition Act bill that I talked about, that was sponsored in 2015, made provisions specifically that ISPs will be held liable if they if they allow such content, you know, to be used through their website. I mean, their web. So that law made provision for it, but it is not. Um, like I said, I am not sure that I have looked for that law, I can't find it, I can only find the bill. And if it is a bill, it means it has not been passed into law, so it is not binding on anyone. But as we speak now, ISPs are not held, you know, liable. And we have over 190 ISPs so in Nigeria. So in Nigeria, you don't even have to go to the dark web. As it is. To find child pornography, You don't have to. Except that, you know, if we're going to bring in interpretation of, uh, of the law, as it is, we will say because the law focuses on people who distribute, we will say, oh well, so um, as a conduit for distribution you know, there is a way you can bring them in, but again, we know that we can always argue our way out if the law is not one that can wink you, you know, for to take responsibility for a particular thing. So what I'm saying is, there is a need to make a, a specific law addressing this issue. So that the ISPs will also, you know, come in and they will now have to watch what they allow to be used. Or, or, or be held responsible. Or be held responsible. If we don't do that, then the defense attorneys will continue to get them off then. Exactly. That's unfortunate. Listener, please stay tuned. We shall be right back. Bright text, white detergent, bright text. Bright text, white detergent, bright text. For your bright text wash, bright text. For your brightest wash, Ever since I discovered the secret of Brightex white detergent, my clothes come fresh, bright and clean always. It's mild on clothes and good for my washing machine. Thank you, Brightex. 
Brightex detergent cleans deep stains and dirt from your clothes, keeping it fresh and bright so your clothes don't fade. It lasts longer. Brightex white detergent, a quality product from NASCO. Take the Brightex advantage today and keep your clothes fresh, bright and clean. For your brightest wash, Brightex. Brightex, for the brightest wash. Welcome back. My name is Hudun Gyang and this is NASCO Moments. Today we are talking about legal options to confront rising incidents and rates of child pornography. Our guest today is Barrister Deborah Gashon Manasi. She is a senior associate with the law firm G. Omachi & Co. and also a legal and socio-political analyst. And we're going to continue our conversation right away. Now, um, who are usually the offenders in the case of child pornography? Okay, so um, earlier we said, ordinarily, the, the offenders should be one, people who produce child pornography. We start from there because someone has to produce it. So people who ordinarily should be held liable should be those who produce, then those who distribute, then those who use it, then those who save it for whatever purpose. In developed climes, I will tell you that your, if, if, if a pornographic content is traced to your computer, it doesn't matter that you didn't even know that it is there. If it is traced to your computer, it is traced through your IP address, you will be held liable. So that, you know, some of these contents, they, 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 those that, you know, post this content on the internet, hide them under some certain guise. And then you, you click on accept terms and conditions not knowing that the terms and conditions include, because they are so tiny in print that sometimes you'll be so bored so reading through. They are so long, the you don't, don't have the patience. So, but unknown to you, it may include the download of such child abuse materials. So if it is traced to your IP address, and it, you know, you will be held liable. It doesn't even matter that you didn't use it. It will even be a defense that you didn't know it was in your computer in developed clients. So that is why we are clamoring that laws need to be specifically made. Now, it is difficult to catch the producers because they know what they are doing is not acceptable. They don't leave their signature on the production. In fact, the most difficult aspect now is that the law against child pornography is aimed at protecting children, right? Now we have computer-generated images that are not showing real children. So you are fighting if you're going to make laws. Okay, so now we have left real children out of it, but now we are making computer-generated images, you know, with pornographic content that have the face of children and all. So you are saying, so there, even in developed clients, there is a problem now as to which way the law should go. Uh, but isn't it... Uh, but if you watch child pornography, even if it is computer-generated, yes. isn't, isn't there a likelihood that you could uh, after watching that you could you take it out on real children on now real children. that is one arm of the argument for people who say that completely you are going to stop anything that is related because research has shown that for a person to sexually abuse a child naturally he is sexually attracted to children that are pre uh that are, are pre-puberty so, but for the real act of abuse to happen, there is a consistent co behavior that leads to the attraction to children. So one arm of the argument is what you have just stated, that 
even if you allow computer generated you know images with sexual content relating to children then even real children are in danger absolutely okay what should be done if a person comes across a website that exhibits child pornography ordinarily if they're in again in developed climes because there is a specific law with that regard there are agencies that deal with that you simply make a report if you stumble on one which is not very easy because in 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 those developed countries you have you have they, they they trace they don't joke with tracing at all here we are we have not even started anything you know because in the chrysler saga for instance all those people that were busy forwarding and forwarding and forwarding that video ordinarily would have been arrested and it won't be hard to trace at all if you have forward to me and i forward to my husband and he forward to his friend all of us because you are prohibited from distributing for whatever purpose even if you are preaching and you show it as an example you are a distributor so it is it is well here i i, I because of cyber crime you can report to the police that there is this website that is existing and it is promoting child pornography and because in nigeria we have not said pornography is not okay even though we say uh passing in on indecent uh pictures photographs videos there is a law that regulates that but you can start with reporting to the police and i just hope that they will know what to do when you report to them oh dear all right now um what are some of the legal options to confront uh, these rising cases of child pornography there is a challenge Hodun. that's the truth we have a challenge we have laws in nigeria that nobody is implementing that is why i say if the law was in effect all the people that were busy you know forwarding back forth and talking but on they're facebook actually, on, i'm sure most of them are not even aware they are not what they do, but what again they do. you will remember that that you are ignorant of the you see it's not an the law is not made in vacuum the law is made on what we call morality it starts from there even though there is a there's a thin line between you know the law and morality what the law does is to give a legal backing to morality that's what the law does so even if you didn't know that the law prohibits that i mean you should know that your a child is involved mm. and that as you keep passing this picture you're putting the child in danger you are exposing more to i don't know whether we can just put these dots together that as you are passing i truth is i have i've not seen the video i could not monster the courage to see it I could not. I say okay so let me just hear the brouhaha's that are going on but I'm not going to watch. I I select what I view. So ordinarily you should know that age, if that were your child would you want his video to just keep traveling from Asaba to Kaduna from Kaduna to Kano from every part of the world. Would you want that? So ordinarily there is a challenge. We have a challenge of implementation. Who even cares? You know because you we again we will still use morality to to not allow people access legal aid. You know because if the mother for instance were to say okay so all the people and all of that and all of that they say in the first place were well, you not know, the one that exposed her. So she is also already hiding in shame. That's the person that would have pushed for a legal action. But she's already hiding her face in shame because we're again using the morality that we didn't exercise to judge her. So we have a challenge. 
But if we are to implement laws, then we will begin to make headwinds. What are the signals or warning signs that indicate a child is being sexually abused? Okay, so that is dicey because um, just like um, when you have headache, it is a symptom for a lot of different illnesses until it is diagnosed. You won't know whether it is malaria or typhoid or high blood pressure and all of that. It's the same thing. The signs can be, they can be, they are physical signs, of course. They are physical signs like when the, the genital area has suffered trauma. You know, maybe bleeding, maybe bruises, maybe soreness, you know, maybe uh, 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 drop, droplets of blood in the inner wear. You know, when there is a trauma around, then it is not a conclusive, you know, but it's just a sign that that something may be going on. So it's like an open door. You, you should start going through that door to find out. And sometimes other physical signs, you know, could be there are behavioral signs. Children begin to exhibit certain behavioral and emotional signs. For instance, for a talkative child, sometimes he becomes withdrawn. But again, like I said, that is not only a sign. It could be a sign of beginning of the use of drugs and substances as well. So that is just a door. Sometimes you could find that he's beginning to lose interest in activities that earlier interested him. Sometimes you could see the fear if you are to leave him because most child abuse, about 90% of child sexual abuse are done by people who the children should ordinarily trust. They are not strangers to them at all. At all. So when you see a child begin to feel fear that you are leaving him with a particular person, that is again an open door that you should go through this door to find out. Sometimes when you see a child not eating as he used to, they, these are just behavioral changes that should tell you that there is a door that you should open. Sometimes some children may have, they have regressive growth. You know, for a child, for instance, that used to bedwet, and then he has passed that stage of bedwetting, then all of a sudden he starts bedwetting again or Tom sucking, you know, that is again a door that is something is happening to this child. There are so many of them, but they are not conclusive. But parents should not just, you know, wish it with a wave of the hand and say, oh, maybe it's just tantrum. Maybe, oh, it's pubertic tantrum. Maybe it's their hormones with adolescent growth and all. You know, no, don't throw it with a wave of the hand. That is a door do something so ask questions investigate and you have to be patient yes and you have to be patient some children will not open up sometimes this these pedophiles they groom the children they groom them and when they groom them they make them believe that it is okay for a child to have sexual contact with an adult or in fact with any child for that matter they make it look like it's okay and then of course there's usually threats you tell your mama i kill you you know or i take away something that is very dear to you so if you if that door if you have sensed an open door for investigation be patient the child may not open up the first day and please parents do not just go yelling it just makes the child recoil the more if if you find out something like that and you go <gasps> you know because a woman beat her 11 year old son somebody was abusing this boy and she beat him up senseless why because she felt he was enjoying it. That was why he didn't speak up. Can you see the way we think? Well, obviously, uh, we need to change the way we think. We and should. need for a lot of education. We, 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 th that is why I was super excited 
when this topic came up, when, when, when you start asking questions like this is part of the efforts that we are making to ensure that households, parents, siblings, neighbors, everybody should have an idea of how these things happen so that we can protect these vulnerable children. Okay. Do you have any final comments? Okay, um, please, um, there are help. Seek help. If you have found out, and I think I'll just continue by saying your reaction as an adult when you find out that children are being uh, abused is not to lose control. When you lose control, you lose hold of the situation. The child needs to know that he can trust you. So when he says, Uncle Dayo is sleeping with me, and you go charging like an elephant to Uncle Dayo, you just confirm to the child that, oh, I shouldn't have told mommy. Don't go charging like a lion. That's, that's not going to save the situation first. Give that child the assurance that he is loved. In fact, for it to happen and the child is keeping quiet means that there is a problem with communication in the first place. There, because if there is, there is a good communication between the parents and the child, the moment some uncles begin to make some very uncomfortable moves, the children should know. And then, let these children know what kind of touches are okay and what kind of touches are not okay. Sexual conversation is a continuous thing that we must continue to do until they understand that there are certain things that are not just okay even if the person is their father okay. so there's a lot of work that has to be done and uh, our eyes certainly need to be open and open really wide uh, barrister deborah gashimanaski we are truly grateful for having uh, you on the program this morning thank you for being here thank you very much for the opportunity to speak to millions of people i'm sure that are listening to this program okay now listener i hope you have learned a lot about the legal options to confront rising incidents and rates of child pornography we have to end the show at this point though follow nasco's social media handles there's a lot of information for you this is www.facebook.com nasco group and you can also freely send feedback on any aspect of the nasco moments radio show to the email info at nasco.net or by text through the dedicated care line 0805-774-7777. Our Nasco Moments trivia question for this week is, what is the penalty for child pornography in Nigeria? Send the correct answer via text to 0805-774-7777. Include your full name and exact location. Last week's trivia question was, what is the name of the printer who first compiled a U.S. history book for lower grades? The answer is John McCulloch. Our winners are Andrea Sangman from Genta Makeri and Haruna Duchi from Nasaragwang. Congratulations. We'll call you and tell you how to claim your NASCO gift baskets. The NASCO Moments radio talk show has been brought to you by NASCO Group. It was created by Unimark Limited, marketing communications consultants. Executive Producers, NASCO Marketing Department, Producer Harun Audi, Research and Content Development, George Palmer and Harun Audi, Production Coordinator, Solomon Audi, Deborah Galadima, Jackie Reng and Alex Ruben. Until next time, please stay safe, endeavor to get vaccinated and practice proper regular personal hygiene. My name is Pumbia. This is NASCO Moments.